Hello, my name is Alessandro, and this is The Lobster Podcast, a space for conversations out of our comfort zone. Last month, we've been focusing on mindfulness and on mental health from different perspectives. This month, we will be concentrating on a topic that is very close to my heart, which is the environment on our planet, our only natural and livable habitat. We'll start straight away and we will dive into one of my big passions, the ocean. Here with me today is Martina Schlüter from Germany and a founder of Watch the Sea, an ocean conservation NGO based in the south of France. Martina, welcome to the Lobster Podcast. How are you doing today? Hi, thank you very much. I'm, I'm very well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to do this uh, with you today. Um, as you know, the ocean is, is something very passionate for me um, and nature in general. And we've been talking about this so many times together, isn't it? Because we met in uh, Marseille when I used to live in Marseille. Uh, through a meetup, I remember, and we were both talking passionately about each other's NGO. I was working as a team coach for uh, Un déchet par jour, which means one piece of rubbish, and you were talking to me about Watch the Sea. So I'm gonna stop there and I'm just gonna give you this opportunity to introduce yourself to our audience and give us some insights about you. Tell us, you know, where you're calling us from and, and what you do. Well, so my name is Martina and I'm from Munich. I'm currently living in Munich, but as you said, uh, we, we um, were meeting in Marseille where I was living for two years. And that was actually the, the start of this NGO pro project, Watch the Sea. And um, I'm working as graphic designer, communication designer, mm -hmm. um, as, you know, freelance. But um, in the in the period when I was living in Marseille, I actually wanted to start a new project. And that was more related to sea trekking, an activity that I co-founded in 2012 uh, with a very good friend of mine who's the, the, the original founder of sea trekking, who had the idea. And we had created a startup around this new outdoor activity because we needed to develop a product that didn't exist before. And so in 2018, when I went to Marseille, it was kind of an opportunity to create this idea, this vision around combining sea trekking with ocean protection. And so, yeah, I had the opportunity to get in touch with another guy who contacted us um, when I was living in Munich. His name is Philipp Balch, and he's from uh, Brittany. And uh, mm -hmm. in this time we discussed a lot about um, what to see and the idea behind it and we just decided to to found it you know to found it as an association and so this was the, the moment when it was born um, I'm now the president and and yeah, kind of marketing person all around what we need to do around communication and design strategy and um yeah and i'm i'm very glad that i have a very professional partner philip balch who is 
kind of the manager of all of all the associations. So he's really managing all the partnerships and uh, doing all the strategic stuff. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's um, it's a it's a good partnership. And now we have around ten active members and around I think nearly hundred members that all together that have participated in expeditions. And so maybe I should give a short definition of what we do. So. And that would have been my next question. Yeah. Um, I now got a gist of what uh, stimulated you to create a non-for-profit organization. So it's one related around the activities that you enjoy, which is tracking and the sea and um, and also ocean conservation. So, yeah, go in. Go ahead. What what, uh, what do you do at Watch the Sea? Uh, tell us more around your activities. Yeah, well, I think uh, I have to explain what sea trekking is first. And so this is actually um, traveling along the coastline, mainly in the water. So we swim, snorkel, free dive, and then we also hike on land. And we usually stay outside for several days, sleeping in the the open, you know, on beaches Mm -hmm. and forests. And sometimes... Um, if when it's not possible to to bivouac on land because maybe it's a protected area like in the Parc de Calonc in, in Marseille, then we also sleep on sailing boats. And so this sea trekking activity is a very immersive nature experience because you are able to experience wild nature usually over several kilometers and for a long period of time without coming back really to civilization. And also being reduced to a minimum of equipment. Mm-hmm. Everything you need is stored in a backpack that you have with you, which floats in the water on an elastic leash. And on land, you just carry, us, uh, carry it as a backpack. And so this activity really helps you to focus on the moment and to really just be present and um, of course also be aware because you know the ocean also creates some couple challenges sometimes you know and you have to be aware and um, also the diving the free diving um, has a certain effect on your brain because you can calm down and at the same time you also uh, do some physical activity because you you swim yeah. so it's a, it's a it's a very nice balance between physical activity and calmness and discover discovery of nature and it has nothing to do with any kind of a competitive sports or yeah. something it's really like um nature immersion discovery so what we do with watch to see is actually we combine this outdoor activity with ocean protection activities yeah. which means for, at the moment, we do trash collection because, unfortunately, there is some trash that we find, especially in closer when we when we start our trails closer to cities like Marseille, for example, and also in wild beaches, of course, because uh, usually those places are not very often cleaned. You know, and we we as sea trackers we can reach places of the coast that are rarely visited, you know? And so sometimes we can reach also some, how do you say, caves, you know, where where trash has accumulated over the years and nobody has ever discovered it. And so we can actually help to, to, um, to clean those places. And the other activities are water testing. So we do cooperate with Surfrider Foundation um, mm-hmm. 
and you know, have some patches on our wetsuit so we can filter the water and then those get later they get uh, analyzed um, if there are some chemicals inside and um, and we do also biodiversity observation so those are the the main activities that we do with our association at the moment and we co cooperate a lot with um, other organizations uh, scientists platforms um, who collect the data because we identify also the trash for example that we collect and then send the data to those other organizations like Remit Zero Plastique um, which is also um, a project from um, an association in Marseille yeah. called Merter. You might you might know yes. it. <laughs> yes, I got to know them and we did yeah. um, some cleanups together with Merter. Yeah, I remember yes. that. So thank you for giving us insights into the diversity of activities that you actually have with Watch the Sea and noticing also about the research elements behind it through the, the partnerships that you have. Um, you mentioned it's it's also quite physical, it sounded like. So who can get involved? And, and what is the final mission that you see through sea tracking activities? Well, actually, uh, sea tracking can be understood a little bit like hiking in the mountains. So mm -hmm. you can choose the trail difficulty kind of also and you know can you can do simpler trails and so every person who's able to swim and has you know kind of good physical condition um can can participate in a sea tracking trail but you can also challenge yourself a lot more for example if you go on a several day expedition five days for example for overnights and you you choose trails where you have distances of several kilometers of like three hours and you, you come across coastline with cliffs so you can't get out any any time you want so this can be a lot more challenging but usually you choose your trail in advance and you, you want to make sure that you have you know the possibility to, to step out to 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 get on land and if you need to of course you check also um all the weather conditions and streams and stuff and so mm -hmm. there's a lot of preparation involved um yeah. so that's why we we usually need so we we offer those expeditions with a guide you know experienced guide who, who knows the ocean like people who know the ocean they know that it's not just a walk in the park and it can be also very um, yeah, challenging and dangerous even, um, and so it's it's important to to have someone you know who has some more skills maybe I think before you go on your own trails. And so yeah, I, usually you, you snorkeling. I, I feel like snorkeling is quite easy, you know, because it's not like swimming. Swimming is, can be tough, um, exhausting, but if you have fins and a snorkel, I think it's quite easy. And you can also manage. You can you can decide how quickly you go. And I mean, we're not in a hurry unless we have like several kilometers of coastline to monitor and to clean. Then yeah. sometimes and and maybe the weather is changing, so then it can be yeah, yeah. more a task or yeah. then. Uh, yeah, it's fascinating to hear as well how you describe it, you know, describe the activity um, comparing snorkeling to, to swimming. And I have uh, developed a passion for the ocean because I love scuba diving. So I, I, I dove a lot. When I, whenever I traveled somewhere, I was diving. <laughs> so I, you found myself underwater a lot. And, and actually, I have made a diverse experience, I would say, underwater. 
and um, I learned the, how how to appreciate its beauty, appreciate its fragility. Uh, I remember when I was in Australia and and seeing those reefs. Um, it's very sad, and also I learned how much to respect it uh, a lot. It's unbelievable how fragile it is, and when you discover how much humanity is actually dependent on uh, on the health of, of uh, the ocean, on of the reef, of these animals, and then you realize how small you are, isn't it? And I'm I'm wondering more from your personal side now. You know, let's let's move on from the association and look more at at you personally. How does Watch the Sea's vision relate to your own personal purpose and beliefs? What does it mean for you making a difference through this association, or what is making mm -hmm. a difference for you by being there? Yeah. <laughs> Well, actually, it's very much connected and related because it it's kind of not only was the vision that I had quite immediately when we started um, our sea trekking project, you know, in, in, in 2012, but it's always been a feeling that I kind of I kind of feel the urge to do something that it's needed that I also invest myself, my lifetime to do something to change, to, to, to help develop and transform um, what we're currently living in. Mm -hmm. And um, it is very, it, it is definitely connected to the earth in general, like a lot yeah. um, more to nature than to humans, actually, <laughs> um, to, to be honest. And uh, and the ocean has always been very close to my heart, uh, as, as you said. Um, I don't know, but it, it's been. I, I felt very much at home, you know, yeah. when I when I was in the sea, especially in the Mediterranean Sea. Yeah. So let's let's go exactly into that because the title of our episode is the transformative effects of natural immersion, right? And this includes the sea tracking activity. And you mentioned the connection with nature. So tell us a little bit how, how you connect or how you build a relationship with nature. And, and how are you feeling when you are immersing yourself into nature? And this, as you mentioned, happens both on sea and on land. So I'm curious about that. Um, well, I think it's one quite big aspect for me is to be or alone, or at least in a small group. It, it might sound strange, but I, I can very much connect to nature when I'm just by myself, um, or with people that also have the same connection to nature or appreciate it, and, and I can share those moments. And usually when we go on, on those trails, or we went on those trails, I was with... Um, For example, my friend Bernhard, who's very much connected to the sea and has a very, you know, he's he has a very philosophic but also very natural way of, of connecting to nature and talking about it and, and discovering little things. And I also learned a lot about his through his view um, and through his way of living with nature, actually. Um, but I, I remember even when I was a child, I'm sitting in the forest by myself, <laughs> like yeah. not in the deep forest, but maybe so in the, on, on the on the outer 
parts of, of skills. Yeah. I, I was always I was always felt at home and I I could just appreciate those little moments touching or being in the environment and, and feeling the elements, you know, like sun and, and wind and like water. So I think it's um, simple actually. But mm -hmm. you have to be you have to leave stuff to be able to create to create those moments and to live it and to experience it because I, I usually I can't have those moments when I just go into a park you know a, a human created piece of nature I, I really feel like wild nature offers so much more and those spaces get very rare and when you have the opportunity to to find wild untouched places of nature then you then you then you feel the difference you know it's like when you walk in a forest that has been created by humans just for explore, exploitation mm -hmm. or if it's a naturally grown forest you definitely feel the difference in the energy and the and the yeah the relation between the different trees is different and the plant and all the ecosystem is different. And so the sea is is is, is um, quite a natural place still, you know, yeah. because it's not, it hasn't been created by, by humans, but there, unfortunately, now you see, the, like you said, you know, you see the, you see what happens when, when we, we explored, uh, we have exploited, actually, um, we have consumed the sea. And so there's not much left. But to come back to your question, I think it, it, it you just have to be open um, to experience nature in a very raw way. Um, and to kind of forget all the, all the ways that we learned how to consume nature because there's a lot of possibilities to consume nature also mm -hmm. especially with sportive activities and i think we have to understand that not everything is just sport or any kind of pleasure for a certain amount of time and then we go back to our homes and that's i think that's what an experience like sea checking or every any kind of longer period of time immersive activity in nature can offer because this is really about stepping outside of civilization and really uh, rediscovering what's out there and where we came from usually um, before we, we got so comfortable. Yeah, it's true. I, I can absolutely relate to this. And we've been in touch also because we share these, uh, these views uh, a lot together. I'm kind of considering about this people that perhaps um, struggle a bit more um, with with uh, this aspect or um, find it perhaps uh, not so easy to connect to nature you know what would you say to them what would you advise to them i have been thinking the other day i was remembering the touch of my feet with uh, with a lawn you know when you walk on the lawn and touch the grass and one thing that I noticed is you think about being a child again in some way. Mm -hmm. And that is for me like a vehicle to mm -hmm. actually be in connection um, mm -hmm. with nature. Yeah. Because uh, let's face it, but through 
uh, growing, we we put more and more filters, isn't it? And now we are at the stage as adults where it's absolutely you could not think of doing things as you you know in in a childish perhaps way, um, mm. isn't it? So, what would you say? to someone who has more difficulty to connect uh, and touch a tree, for example? <laughs> well, I think it's totally, it's totally true what you say. It has a lot to do with being a child and, and um, because it, it's about being curious um, and, and open and open-hearted and open-minded. And the problem nowadays is for many people that they have too much in their head and they're not present and, and, and open. And so I think what helps is really, like I said, for me, it, it was it was the connection to another person with whom I shared this love for nature, um, or just being by myself. But if you're if you don't, if you maybe it helps people to to go on you know, discovery of nature with with a person who had, who is more in contact and who can like be kind of a mentor, you know, not yeah. not. Not being an, um, not being any kind of outdoor guide, and who explains you what kind of plant, what name this plant has, because this is, that's not important. It's just to be, you know, accompanied by someone who has a different approach to to nature. I think can be helpful. And otherwise, like you said, you know, just throw yourself out there and and, yeah. and leave stuff behind, and don't and and challenge yourself. I think it, it has, uh, like I said, the comfort. I think it has a lot to yeah. do with, with challenging yourself and also being, you know, you can get out there if it's rainy and it's windy because that's nature too. It doesn't have to be sunny because then you also risk to be around a lot of people and then you risk to not have the ultimate outdoor experience mm -hmm. because that's my experience at least that, you know, the more people the more we get into our human connections and less in connection with nature. So that's why also we we only take usually up to five people to those expeditions because if, you, you, if the yeah. crowd is bigger, then it's all about human stuff. You know, yeah. it, it, nature is not present anymore, really. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you just touched on what I think is exactly why we're here because it is a step out of our comfort zone when we do that yeah. Yeah. and it is a challenge and in some way we have started to talk now about the transformative effect yeah. that sea trekking can have on people so i was just thinking on what you said earlier you know be by yourself and immerse yourself and in a way if i imagine also from diving but if i would go snorkeling put my fins on my mask on and get my head in the water and start tracking in a way you are by yourself mm -hmm. what kind of changes have you been able to observe during your expeditions on 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 those volunteers and on those people that participate oh wow yeah well that that was really nice i've i've experienced a couple i mentioned maybe just two that have been the um, the most exciting ones. So one person, um, he, he came and he was close to a burnout, really. Um, mm -hmm. He, I had a talk before we went on the trail. I didn't know this guy. Um, he's actually actually an um, experienced freediver. And he just came to, to discover what we do. And he got on the trail and he was smoking a lot and, and told me that he was so stressed and had so much to do and stuff. And 
And after, I think it was the second day, um, we, won, we were on this trail in, in Croatia and he decided to to stay on one coast, on one beach that we had just uh, made, make a, made a break. And he said he's going to stay a little bit more and then he's going to join us on the next beach where we would have our night camp. So when he arrived in the, in the evening, we already had started a little fire place because you know we were on pebble stones and so we were safe and um and he arrived and he was he was like a completely you know he completely changed it was so nice to see so he he got out of the water by himself and he sat down on the fire with his wetsuit so he looked still on mm-hmm. and he was he was talking about um how relax relaxing those moments in the sea um, have been and and how he just could completely detach from everything and 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 feels really so you know refreshed and cleaned and and like i like i once defined it it's a little bit like cleaning the disk of your of your computer it's it's getting to the point zero and and so this is one experience that I can also share, and this person had it uh, like just in two days, mm-hmm. and it was really nice to see that. And the other experience that I had was um, um, it was a couple guys and, and a girl from uh, a um, Scottish auto university, uh-huh. and they were joining us on the trail in Malt. And and afterwards, one of those guys he wrote his diploma, his you know his um, his work about uh, this activity, and. He shared that actually he discovered that in, within this group was also about two teachers and I think four students. And they went on an expedition by themselves after we had introduced them. And he said that after this expedition of sea trekking, um, when they went back home, each time when they met with the teacher or with the other people who had participated, they recognized, he recognized that the connection had completely changed because uh, they had experienced very authentic moments where any kind of mask or structure or role had disappeared. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so it, it's like he said that they had met in a very authentic human way and and shared an experience that they never forget and this kind of connected them a lot and so that was very nice to to hear so he said um yeah it's really creating very deep bonds between humans or can at least (laughs) well that is that is uh, i have goosebumps because it is seriously because that is a fascinating story um stories but what i what i heard from these two testimonials that you have is that somehow there is a cleaning going on somehow there is um a mm. defiltering um whether you come from burnout that can be uh benefits it sounds from really uh reconnecting with yourself and a, a sense of calming down yeah. and in, on on the second story, it's around cleaning in a way that you clean off these filters um, with people and, and reconnect with these people again. So what I'm perceiving from these stories that you, you, you tell me, Martina, is that there is a sense of greatness of, of nature and not just greatness, it's 
the power that it has um, and the, the, the power of natural elements in, in general, isn't it? Yeah. And we touched on this earlier before <laughs> recording this episode, but I'm, I'm, I really want to get this across as well, that we, we talked about how we humans want to intervene in nature. We want to do things to um, help uh, improve our habitat and and uh, fight climate change. And, you know, there's so much that we want to be proactive and active to do. And actually, we're noticing that perhaps we need to just do less um, and do less wrong. You know, <laughs> in the actions that we're doing, there's so much wrong that actually just by doing them less, we're doing great things. So I'm hearing that nature can do it by itself, probably. Yeah. And we're just underestimating how much nature can help us to feel better and be healthy with ourselves first. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, absolutely. Um, like, like like we discussed earlier, I think it's it's actually to leave nature by itself it can it can heal the parts that needs to be healed itself because um yeah i mean there there is there, there is um a need to create more awareness around what we do wrong and and how we could protect nature better in ways of for example creating um marine protected areas for example because if you if you go into those areas after a couple of years you you discover that nature has you know recreated the the whole ecosystem you know and it's it, it happens quite quickly um but i think yeah like you said it's it's definitely to stop doing certain things and to do less of what we'd actually do as human beings And also to really focus on what we create, what what we want to create and not what we don't want to create. Because I think it's also a problem that nowadays everyone is so focused on on what's wrong, you know, and, and we always hear those terrible messages, terrible news and see all those images and, and it's it might be good for creating awareness in some terms, but on the other hand, and, and that's really also addressing NGOs like ours. So I always say that um, in, to our members, they say we are not an association who, who was founded to collect trash because uh, we, we were founded uh, to immerse in nature because that's our goal. We are not our business model uh, or our, our reason to, to have, been founded is not the problem that we want to resolve because this will mean that we need the problem mm, you know, we need the exactly. trash to exist so i so it's really a, it, where you put the focus you know it's important to, to know where you put the focus and if you always uh, think um oh it's everything is so bad and nature is all is lost you know then we're kind of co-creating the all is lost situation and i, I really think that's so important to to also acknowledge what's there and to just do everything that everything that we can do personally to to make this bigger to yeah. improve also the image that we have from nature actually um, and and share and share it and this is a much more positive message you're giving you know and you mentioned focus so i want to ask you a bit more a challenging question here which is so who are we doing this for 
I think is a very important question, isn't it? Are we doing what we're doing and being active and uh, intervening? Are we doing it for ourselves then? Because, you know, no matter how much climate change there is and if it's gonna, you know, lead us to wipe out humanity, let's take it worst case scenario for us, well, the planet will still be there. And yes. nature will take over and uh, and yes. flourish even without us, uh, even more perhaps. Yes. So, if we are um, passionate about this and want to do something good in this sense, do we need to reframe why we're doing it? Um, I don't. I don't think the why is the problem because I think people who are doing something for nature usually they do it because they love nature, and and, mm -hmm. and if love is the why, then then that's totally. That's a good reason. <laughs> I, I think it's more about to understand that actually we are nature as well, you know. And yeah. and the problem is humans have kind of lost part of themselves. I don't know when, but somehow we have disconnected from our nature. But we are actually we are part of we are nature too. We are part of nature. We are not just a bacterium um, yeah. we have lots of them but i think this is also yeah. why i see that certain things happen in this ecosystem of our earth like even things like the epidemic that happened um, because there's a need of rebalancing things and and um, and we are as humans we are included because we are part of it and so we, we might not understand things but our 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 um, evolution um, in in form of awareness you know form of consciousness and i think there is a transformation going on and that's very nice to see and to to be part of um, is because it's necessary that because otherwise the ecosystem and, and planet cannot evolve can cannot continue to exist and nature wants to exist you know nature always wants to yeah. live it dies but it wants to live so there's this force of of of, of life this life force is inherent in everything um and it's inherent in, in us as well but um, we have done so much to destroy the planet that we live on that now something needs to happen within us to to change that and so i think we might do a lot of things not in the right way but i'm optimistic that somehow we will get there because we are part of it and so i'm i don't not judging any kind of activity of any anyone i just think it's a process of becoming yeah. aware um, and becoming more sensitive and becoming again like more connected as we have been because we have been connected yeah and and, and so yeah. it's just a process and i'm like i said i'm very optimistic and i think that's also what we should be um absolutely that's what we create then. <laughs> absolutely and this is how i feel about um, the future and the change in it uh, as well we're part of it I'm, I'm very optimistic and it's it's much more refreshing to look at this uh, this yeah. way uh, like you said and 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 i agree with you we're part of it uh, but we're not the only part of it and we're certainly not the biggest part of it and becoming aware of that is really important so um yes. you know i can't wait to join you one day on a sea trekking expedition i've always said this to you but i'd, <laughs> I'd love to do this because it would just i think be a magical experience for me 
you know, if, if you want to give us more insight around also perhaps how you see your future, what, what is the legacy what, that you imagine that you want to leave behind one day? Especially with, with Watch the Sea or personally? Both. Why not? I think it's a lot connected to what I already said. Um, it's just to participate with others to co-create the change, the something that I believe in, you know, some some kind of world that I feel is possible. And it's very much connected to a more healthier connection to each other and to, to nature. And, um, and the ocean is kind of like the mother <laughs> for me. So mm -hmm. that's why the ocean has a very significant role in, in this in this vision that I have because it yeah it, it started to create life on earth and, and and so it's kind of a symbol but it's also yeah very specific you know because without the sea without the life of the ocean like you said in the beginning actually and now we're coming back to this um, our life will also not be possible anymore because we're codependent absolutely and um so I think I'm, I'm just a, I'm one to to create something that can make a difference in this evolution. And I think, yeah, more and more people are feeling the same. And that's something very beautiful to experience. Well, that's fabulous, Martina. I think um, that, you know, you close the circle now to the beginning. And um, I... I'm I'm really really happy we did this together today. I discovered a lot about Watch the Sea. I got to know you again even better. You reminded me of of a lot of conversations that we have had in the past, and um, you motivated me again to um, to come and do some sea trekking. And why not? Let's have a chat how we can bring this to Portugal. Perhaps that would be amazing on this coastline, and. Probably yeah, but there are so many waves. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Probably very interesting <laughs> also to develop. So how can people find you uh, online? How can they connect with you if they want to find out more about Watch the Sea, participate, volunteer, or ask any questions? Well, you can email me. Um, you can go on our website, which is uh, going to be released soon because you know we have we're going through yeah work in process. So we we're yeah. going to have an update of our website. The domain is watchthesea.org. and uh, we're also on social media, of course we have to. And so the the name is watchthesea.co. Mm -hmm. And if people want to write me an email, I'm very happy to to connect. And uh, it could be just contact at watchthesea.org. Okay, perfect. Well, thanks, Martina, for sharing your contact details. I advise anyone to go onto the Instagram of Watch the Sea and uh, just observe these amazing pictures of your expeditions. It's f just incredible of that coastline there in Marseille as well. And in uh, Malta, you did some expeditions in Malta as well. So please uh, visit this Instagram account because it's beautiful. You will really enjoy it. Martina, thank you so much uh, for having this episode with me, for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed it. It's been wonderful. Thank you so much. You're, it's really always so nice to connect with you because uh, I can feel that you're a very sensitive person and so nice to 
to see that you catch up um, what I'm in and what energy I'm in and what I want to communicate about and you just bring it back and it's very I also always very much enjoy our conversations too so thank you so much thanks Martina and we will definitely stay in touch this is a very um, I appreciate uh, this connection with you a lot Martina so we will definitely continue to have these wonderful conversations and I want to thank you um, for listening to this episode with me and Martina and please leave a quick review of the Lobster Podcast if you can you also really don't want to miss out on the next episode in two weeks when we'll get hands-on experience and the term hands-on is really appropriate believe me with the Portuguese NGO Plant a Tree. You will discover what it really takes to make reforestation happen and how each one of you could get involved as well. So, stay tuned with the Lobster Podcast, folks. Uh, to connect with me, check out my bio or head directly to www.lobstercoaching.com. <laughs>